Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Russian President Vladimir Putin called the U.S. dollar's drop in dominance, quote, objective and irreversible during the recent BRICS summit in South Africa as Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa formally agreed to use local currencies instead of the U.S. dollar. It's the first shoe to drop. As demand for the dollar weakens, the buying power of the dollar also weakens. That's why Birch Gold Group is busier than ever. Investors and savers are looking to harness the power of physical gold held in a tax-sheltered IRA. Text Monica to 989-898 for your free info kit on gold. Thousands of happy customers, an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, and countless five-star reviews, you can count on Birch Gold to help you navigate transitioning an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold. As the U.S. dollar continues to receive pressure from foreign countries, digital currency, and central banks, arm yourself with information on how to protect your savings. Just text MONICA to 989-898 to claim your free info kit from Birch Gold Group right now. Hey guys, I'm Monica Crowley and this is the Monica Crowley Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me here on this Monday as we kick off a brand new week on the show. This is your go-to for hot liberty, a safe space for all of us thought criminals, independent thinkers, and happy warriors. Check me out on social media, Instagram at Monica Crowley underscore. There is some phenomenal stuff up there on Instagram and on Twitter and True Social at Monica Crowley. Also by email at Monica Crowley podcast at gmail.com. I apologize for the condition of my voice. Guys, I've had a terrible uh, head cold for the last couple of days. Really awful. You know that sensation where you feel like you're drowning because you're so congested and stuffed up and it starts to like without getting too graphic, slide down your throats and your lungs. Now you're coughing. Anyway, it's disgusting. I feel a little bit better today, but uh, I apologize for the state of my voice. Although I must say it sounds a little sexy, doesn't it? Woohoo. Bear with me here throughout the show. I neither rain nor sleet nor uh, dark of night, like the postal service says, or a cold will stop me from doing this program and saving America. So I am glad that you are with me today as I have this Kathleen Turner voice going on. Um, All right, first, I hope all of you guys listened to my conversation with Kelsey Grammer last Friday. If you haven't heard it yet, please go check it out. It was a really powerful discussion on everything from his iconic acting career to the unspeakable tragedies he's faced to his substance abuse, to his walk with God, 
to politics, okay? It was an incredibly wide-ranging conversation, and he was so thoughtful and open with me. It might be the most revealing interview Kelsey Grammer has ever done. And, and I mean that. I could be wrong about it, but it was just, it was so raw and honest because he's my friend and he just exposed so much of himself and the lessons that he has learned. So it's really an extraordinary chat. Please go check it out and let me know what you think at Monica Crowley podcast at gmail.com. Um, send me a note. Let me know what you thought of the Kelsey Grammer talk. Okay. I hope you guys get as much out of it as I, and hopefully Kelsey did as well. All right. This week, Will the corrupt communist Soros DA in New York, Alvin Bragg, indict President Trump over literally nothing? We're going to cover this today at length, and we're also going to keep a very close eye on it all week, because if it does happen, this will be an historic earthquake. Also today... We're going to talk with my friend Carol Markowitz about her new book called Stolen Youth, How Radicals Are Erasing Innocence and Indoctrinating a Generation. This is a really important subject about the literal future of our country, America's kids, and how they're being targeted by the Marxist left in every way, shape, and form. This is a really smart and important conversation that is coming up later today. But first, the Monica memo. They can't not do it. Let me repeat that. They can't not do it. You got that double negative? The left, the communists, the regime, the system, whatever you want to call it, they can't not do it. What can't they not do? Attack Donald Trump. You know, strategically and politically, it would be so much smarter for them to lay back, pull up the battle lines on him, let him go in peace, ignore him. If they did that, Trump would recede a bit. He would not retain the power that he does. He'd still be incredibly influential. He'd still be incredibly powerful. He'd still be the 800-pound gorilla of the Republican Party and really of our entire political system, which still has all of their uh, fire trained on him. But ask yourself why. Well, of course, he's running for president again. They've got to stop that. But it's because of the power he retains that they are going after him still in the ways that they are. But if they ignored him, if they just let him go, didn't prosecute, didn't have all these investigations, if they didn't make him into a martyr-like figure, he'd lose some of the power that he has. But they can't not do it. Donald Trump's power lies in his emotional connection with the people. It's not a political bond, although there's some of that, or an ideological one, although there's some of that. No, it's mostly an emotional bond grounded in his fight for the forgotten men and women of our country. 
And once you've established that emotional bond with the voters, it's almost impossible to break. This is essentially why January 6th happened. Because Donald Trump fought for the forgotten men and women for five years before that and took all kinds of incoming attacks that would have knocked out any other candidate or president, they all would have crumpled under the pressure of it. And yet Trump stood tall, he took all of the attacks, he fought back, and he fought for us. So on January 6th, the American people thought, you know what, now it's time for us to fight for him. So they went to Washington to stand with and for him, and the system framed them and him with Fed-instigated violence. They created a Fed-surrection to smear, marginalize, disperse, and criminalize not just Trump, but all of us, the America First movement. They wanted you talking about January 6th, so you weren't talking about November 3rd. And that is exactly what's going on here with this absurd Stormy Daniels case. Here's how Donald Trump put it over the weekend. The radical left Democrats are using their prosecutors to try and steal another election. There's never been a time like this in the history of our country. Presidential elections are sacred. We cannot let them be stolen. We can't let any elections be stolen. The only candidate they don't want to run against is Trump, me, despite their disinformation campaign to the contrary. What they do is they pick out the one that they think is going to be the toughest, and they say, that's the one we want to run against. They always say it. They say it for governorships, for the Senate, and for the president. But they don't mean it. They're all about misinformation and disinformation. I beat them twice, did much better the second time, and they don't want to do it again. It will be a lot tougher for them to cheat and rig the election like they did in 2020. And that's why they're using their city, state, and federal prosecutors. They are using them like has never happened before in our country. Republicans in Congress are watching closely. The DOJ should stop. We have to get our country back. The DOJ, the FBI, the local prosecutors should all stop. Well, exactly right. Exactly right. You know what, you guys? I saw President Trump on Friday night as this news was breaking. It was unbeknownst to me at the time, but I had actually been invited the year prior to emcee this huge event at Mar-a-Lago for the Republican Party of Palm Beach County. It's their annual Lincoln Day dinner, and it's a huge gala that they do. I've actually posted some amazing pictures up on my Instagram at Monica Crowley underscore. Check out some of those photos. We've got more coming. Um, But I had the honor of emceeing the event and I had the high honor of introducing President Trump. And it was absolutely fantastic. President Trump seemed to be in good spirits. He was smiling and laughing during my introduction. And he gave an incredible set of remarks. And of course, the crowd loved him. They're in his home at Mar-a-Lago. It was just an amazing event. But that night, Trump knew what was coming. 
And he still got up in front of almost 800 people and blew the roof off the place. That's Donald Trump. He always steps up. He never lets any of this, oh, well, maybe it's maybe it actually is getting to him. And frankly, I wouldn't be surprised if it were. He's still a human being. He's the strongest one I know, but he's still a human being. But he still showed up. He blew the lid off and he was incredible. I don't know many others who, you know, facing an, a potential indictment and a possibly jail time, these lunatics taking his freedom. I'm not sure I know of another president or frankly another person who would have shown up for that event and did what he did. But that's Donald Trump. I want to get into the specifics of what we're talking about here, and then we'll get into the broader points. Okay, so some of the specifics of this particular case, which it's an insane case with no crime. In fact, this corrupt communist Soros DA uh, in New York, Alvin Bragg, actually put the case on ice last year because he realized he had nothing. And yet there is a a deputy in his office named Reese. Of course, it's a woman because women are far more radical. Her name is, I think it's Meg Reese, R-E-I-S-S, who apparently, according to reports, put the fire back under this case. Well, we've got to do it. We've got to do it. We've got to take him out. And of course, it all is around this money that was paid to Stormy Daniels. Donald Trump denies he even had an affair with her. She is on the record in the past saying it never happened, but then she came back and said it did, and she got paid off $130,000, which went through his lawyer, Michael Cohn, the turncoat. And so this case, such as it is, um, revolves around this idea of falsifying business records under a certain New York state law, And they're saying, well, he labeled his reimbursement of Cohen as a legal expense. Meanwhile, Trump's attorney, Joe Tacopina, argues that Trump's payment to his lawyer, Cohen, at the time, was in fact a legitimate legal fee. Trump, he said, never directly paid Stormy Daniels any money. Rather, he only paid his own lawyer for services rendered, i.e. legal fees. And this kind of thing happens all the time. The payments were made to a lawyer not to Stormy Daniels. The payments were made to his lawyer, which would be considered legal fees. Michael Cohn was his lawyer at the time, advised him that this was the proper way to do this to protect himself and his family from embarrassment. Simple as that. It's not a crime. Also, they're way out of the statute of limitations. Not that any of this stops any of them. Of course, they don't care. Um, So ordinarily, this would be considered maybe a misdemeanor subject to the two-year statute of limitations, meaning that the DA Bragg can't pursue it solely on this basis, but he does have the discretion to convert it into a Class E felony, which looks like maybe what he's trying to do, but he can only do that if he can prove that Trump's alleged, quote, intent to defraud involved further criminal intent to either hide the commission of another crime or to assist in the commission of that other crime. So there has to be another crime. There's a, they're saying, well, this is the original crime. Well, okay, but in order, to do, in order to do this class E felony, he's got to show that there was another crime involved. 
And he doesn't have that because he doesn't even have an original crime. And then there's the talk about, well, it could have been an illegal uh, campaign contribution as a hush money payment to ensure the silence about an affair would not be illegal in and of itself. Bragg's case would likely hinge on a possible campaign finance violation. If Cohen's payment to Daniels constituted an illegal campaign contribution, then the falsification of records would have concealed an underlying crime, providing legal predicate for that Class E felony charge of first-degree falsifying business records. So, but in order to go down this road, Bragg needs to demonstrate that the payments occurred specifically with the intent to affect the election. Okay? And that's a prospect that people like Jonathan Turley and other legal observers called extremely difficult, given the vast other legitimate reasons Trump may have had for wanting to keep an alleged affair out of the spotlight, right? So Trump's lawyer, Joe Tacopino, also argues that the payment was not an illegal campaign contribution, both because Trump used his own money, not campaign money, and two, because he would have made the payment regardless of whether he was running for president. Okay, so no original crime, no concealment, no secondary crime out of the statute of limitations. He's got nothing, but he's trying to make stuff up. He's trying to fabricate it. They do not care about the law or what's true or not true. They only care about destroying Donald Trump because he is out to destroy them and their entire corrupt gravy train. That's what all of this is about. All right, let's hit a quick break. When we come back, we've got more on this. I want to tease it out to the broader issues that we're dealing with in this case, Um, mostly political, but also existential. You're not going to want to miss a second of this, okay? Also coming up, Carol Markowitz with her new book about the left's targeting of your children called Stolen Youth. Blockbuster conversation with her coming straight up as well, so sit tight. Okay, everybody, listen up. We all want to be healthier, right? Well, to get there, we have to have a healthier diet, which is not always easy to do. I can attest to that. You know, that shredded lettuce in a double-double, And the fruit filling in a donut are amazing, but they do not count toward the recommended five servings of fruits and vegetables a day. Sorry to be the one to break it to you, but they don't. I don't always eat healthy either, but I will share that the Mayo Clinic says if you want to help prevent heart disease, lower blood pressure, and cholesterol, eat five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. I don't and you probably won't. That's why I take Field of Greens. Unlike other supplements, each fruit and each vegetable in Field of Greens was medically selected by doctors to support your vital organs, like the heart, lungs, kidneys, and the immune system. Flu season is here, and I trust Field of Greens to help me stay healthy. Field of Greens works fast and tastes so good. It's really delicious, guys, and you'll feel better with more energy, and you'll notice your skin, hair, and nails will look healthier, too. I certainly noticed that in me since I started taking Field of Greens. If you don't always eat right and exercise, join me. 
and take Field of Greens. Let me get you started with 15% off your first order. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use promo code MONICA. That's promo code MONICA at fieldofgreens.com, fieldofgreens.com. All right, I want to get back into this potential Trump indictment because it's so much bigger than Donald Trump. I don't care how you feel about Donald Trump indicting a former president of the United States while the left and all of their criminals just walk free without a problem, without a care in the world. Mrs. Clinton should have been behind bars decades ago. And yet the woman still walks free, indicting a former president of the United States who is also currently a presidential candidate is beyond the pale. It's beyond the pale. And I want to get into a much bigger point, actually a few much bigger points about this. Um, Donald Trump responded to this over the weekend. He wrote in a Truth Social post, illegal leaks from a corrupt and highly political Manhattan district attorney's office indicate that with no crime being able to be proven, the far and away leading Republican candidate and former president of the United States will be arrested on Tuesday of next week, meaning tomorrow. And then he said, protest, take our nation back. He is justifiably upset here, okay? This man has taken all kinds of incoming for years since he came down that escalator in June of 2015, all right? From the Russia hoax to fake impeachments, uh, the rigged election in 2020, January 6th, the Mar-a-Lago raid, everything, okay? The entire superstructure of attacks that the system has going against him. And of course, he's upset because, like I said, he's the strongest person we know, but he's also a human being. And given how deeply corrupt this all is, no wonder he has hit the roof. Listen to this. The charges, which Alvin Bragg upgraded from a misdemeanor class, stand in stark contrast to his long history of reducing charges against the majority of cases on his watch. Since taking office last year, D.A. Bragg has downgraded approximately 52% of all cases brought before his office. A significant portion of these cases involved reducing felony charges to misdemeanors, going the opposite direction, guys taking a more serious case and downgrading it. He's doing the exact opposite here, upgrading it with no actual crime. Under Bragg's predecessor, less than 40% of cases were comprised of similar downgrades. So since he came into office, he's actually downgraded far more than any of his predecessors. So he reduces everybody else's charges but Trump's. And if you're a violent criminal in New York, hey, you're out scot-free. In jail for about five minutes, then sprung and back on the streets to commit more crimes. All in the name of social justice. Carrying 15 guns, 10 kilos of fentanyl. Oh, but Trump, Trump's the criminal who must go to prison. Bragg was elected in November of 2021. With backing from, of course, George Soros, who gave $1 million to the Color of Change PAC, which spent that money to elect Bragg. The Color of Change PAC is a radical activist group that describes itself as, quote, the nation's largest online racial justice organization. Fox reported that Soros has funneled $40 million into DA campaigns nationwide. I'm sure it's even higher than that. Um, by now. So 
we know what all of this is about. Look, Bill Clinton paid Paula Jones $850,000 to go away. Hillary Clinton paid for the pack of lies known as the Steele dossier by doing this exact thing, paying for the pack of lies through a law firm, calling it legal fees. Her campaign was fined. Of course, she was not arrested. Guys, remember, Donald Trump exposed the rot and evil in the system like never before, and he plans to do it again. So, of course, they have to stop him. At the exact same time, the avalanche of Biden family corruption is being exposed, along with the truth behind January 6th, the border invasion, the collapse of the banks, exposing real weaknesses in our financial sector. All of this is happening. But pay no mind to all of that because we have a shiny object for you out here, and it is the arrest of Donald Trump. They want you distracted with the arrest of Trump so you're not focused on all of the damage that they are doing to this country and to you. Now, to his great credit, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy has said that he is directing House committees to investigate whether federal funds are being used for politically motivated prosecutions, including Donald Trump's. If so... I think McCarthy could probably pull those funds. We should not be paying for this tyrannical commie BS. The Russia hoax, two fake impeachments, a rigged election, January 6th, Fedsurrection, the Mar-a-Lago raid, all of these investigations. Why? Because Trump and everything he represents and all of us are an existential threat to the system and its absolute grip on power. The system is really after us. Trump is just in the way. Never, ever forget that, especially as we continue this fight moving forward. And in order to do this fight, we need everybody on deck and we need everybody healthy and strong. And guys, I know it can be really hard to eat healthy when you're so busy, whether you're traveling, taking care of the kids, just the daily hustle, or fighting this fight to save our country, it can be really hard to get the daily recommended vegetables and fruits in your diet. That's why I take Field of Greens. It's whole organic fruits and vegetables, not a watered-down supplement. And it's backed by a better health promise. Each ingredient in Field of Greens was scientifically chosen to support vital organs like heart, lungs, and kidney health. Others support my immune system, blood pressure, metabolism, and healthy weight loss. So let me get you started with 15% off. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use promo code MONICA. Like me, you'll probably look and feel healthier fast and have way more energy. But your best proof will be at your next checkup when your doctor says, hey, whatever you're doing, it's working. Keep it up. To get 15% off, just visit fieldofgreens.com and use promo code MONICA. That's fieldofgreens.com, promo code MONICA. Monica. We're coming right back. We're going to talk to Carol Markowitz about stolen youth and the leftist indoctrination of America's kids. Not to be missed. Well, I'm so happy to welcome back to the show my pal and New York Post columnist, Carol Markowitz, who, along with Bethany Mandel, has written a very important new book called Stolen Youth. 
how radicals are erasing innocence and indoctrinating a generation. It's available now wherever you get your books, so please go get it because we're talking about the literal future of our country, which is America's children. Carol joins us now. Hey! Hi, Monica. Thanks so much for having me. Of course. It's always my pleasure, Carol. And I I know when your book was announced a couple of months ago, I reached out to you right away and I said, I definitely want you on the show because this is just such an incredibly important conversation that not too many people are having or they're having it in isolation, right? It's siloed um, with the, you know, uh, biological males competing in girls sports, or we're talking about, you know, uh, the lockdowns and the learning loss during COVID. But you guys have done a fantastic job of putting it all together, which is a really important thing for everybody to, to take as one piece in your book. Thank you so much. It was important to us to show that this is really one thing, that this is a leftist woke indoctrination happening in every facet of a child's life right now. That you're right. It's not just the transgender conversation. It's not just the COVID lockdown conversation. It's all of it. And so we have a chapter on transgender issues. We have a chapter on COVID, but we also have a chapter on school indoctrination and um, how the medical field has been taken over by this woke virus and the way the publishing companies and media companies and your library are all susceptible to this and how it's happening all over the country. Yeah, exactly right. And I I want everybody to really understand what Carol and Bethany are talking about in this book. Um, And and because we have about a hundred years of real um, empirical evidence about how Marxists behave and how what what their strategies are, especially with regard to our youth, okay? Because I've said this on this program over and over again. What we are experiencing in this country is uh, it, it's been a soft Marxist revolution, but now they're yeah. hardening their tactics. And the age-old strategy of the communists is to get them young. You get them young, and then you have foot soldiers, mm-hmm. you have ideological enforcers for life, and that That's is it. exactly what's happening. You're exactly right. We open with a chapter on history because I think it's really important for people to understand that this has happened before. This is not new. This separation of the family, this targeting of the children, all of this has happened in societies before. And so I open with the story of my own family in the Soviet Union and how the pressure, the societal pressures um, on all the people in the Soviet Union led to a forced conformity and how it wasn't always the government. People always think, oh, it's, you know, the United States is fine because it's not the government shutting down speech. Well, first of all, what we saw in the last few years, it is it sometimes is the government shutting down speech on social media. They're only you're only allowed to say certain things, but the pressure to conform comes from your neighbors. It comes from being afraid for your job. It comes from being afraid that your kids will be targeted. And all of this is happening in America today. And you know, what we what we say about this is the the people in the, the first chapter, the people in the Soviet Union, in Nazi Germany, in Cambodia, in so many places where totalitarian regimes limited what the people could say and separated the kids from their parents, they could all say, we didn't know this was happening. This was something that we had no idea about. There was no 
widespread media about this. We didn't know. The people reading our book can't say that they didn't know. This cultural revolution has come to America and it's here and they they know and you have to fight it now. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, the other point that I always make, Carol, because people need to understand when they say, oh, well, you know, this is the Biden administration or this began under Barack Mm -hmm. Obama. No, this Mm -hmm. actually began as a Kremlin. This is a KGB operation began in the 1930s to crumble the United States from within and attacking children, targeting them, targeting our educational system was a key part of destroying us from within. Okay, so this has been a long-term project. And when the Soviet Union collapsed, well, then it was replaced by the CCP, the Islamist fundamentalists, other enemies of the United States that had already infiltrated us. They picked up the the hammer and sickle, if you will, and they're continuing the job. And China, of course. Yeah, the CCP, you know. Absolutely targeting us, um, targeting our kids. I mean, the TikTok conversation, this is, you know, it's not a coincidence that kids in China, when they watch TikTok, they get taught like engineering and our kids get taught like dumb dances to repeat, you know, with their friends. It's all by design. Absolutely, 100%. And it's being carried out by our enemies from without, like the CCP, but also our enemies within And this is the weaponization of our own government and our own institutions against us. Let's, um, let's really kind of kick this off, Carol, with, um, one of the, probably the main impetus for you and, and Bethany, who is still in New York, but you left New York, um, your main impetus to write this book because you were always a New York girl, but during COVID, Mm -hmm. you and your family faced the severe lockdowns and school closures leading to tremendous learning loss in your kids. You've been on the show to talk about that before, and you decided to move your family to the free state of Florida, largely for your kids. So what, what did you see during those lockdowns when your kids were home, um, obviously the learning loss was a big part of it, but what did you see coming out of those New York schools, what they were teaching and what really was the entire woke culture? Bethany's actually in Maryland, which locked down schools longer than anyone else, but she homeschools her six kids. So for her, it wasn't so much a personal battle to get the schools open. Um, It was a battle for society. She thought that it was harming children to not have the schools open. So it's something I just really respect about my co-author is that like this didn't affect her personally, really. You know, obviously she takes her kids to activities and things like that. But when when everything closed down, she could have easily weathered it and not said a word about schools being open, but she didn't. She, she spoke up about it a lot. And really, that's what I couldn't live with in Brooklyn anymore. It wasn't even, yes, learning loss. Um, I have three kids. My youngest uh, was in pre-K when COVID hit. So he was in kindergarten when schools didn't open that September 2020. Yes, he suffered real learning loss. He was way behind where his siblings were at that age. Um, And it took him a while to catch up in Florida, being around kids who were in school most of that time. Um, But it wasn't so much the learning loss as it was just the complete hypocrisy of my neighbors. And that's the main thing that drove us out of New York. It was seeing our neighbors in the very left neighborhood that we lived in, Park Slope, um, not not only not argue for schools to open, but completely line up with the teachers unions and say, if you wanted schools to open, you wanted teachers to die. Meanwhile, they got their own kids 
they formed pods, they got them a tutor, they moved to their beach house and sent their kids to school there. Not saying one word for the kids all around the city who couldn't do the same thing. And look, I could save my own kids. And we did. Um, We also, you know, got my youngest a tutor. We moved to Florida temporarily in 2021, kind of as a test run, but also to send our kids to school every single day. And then we eventually in January of 22 moved out permanently. But we, I couldn't be quiet about it. Even when we were living in Florida and my kids were going to school every day and we were living the dream in 2021, it was like, we were just woke up grateful every single day for the freedom that we were getting to experience in Florida while New York was still in various stages of lockdown, most particularly in regards to schools. Um, I could have just not thought about those kids anymore and not written about it, but it was all I could think about was all the kids who didn't have the opportunities that my kids get to have. And I grew up in a rough part of Brooklyn. I grew up poor. I was an immigrant. I didn't speak English until I went to school. So many things in my life had to go right in order for me to have the opportunities that I have today. And I can't be quiet for the people who don't get to have those opportunities and the people that I knew growing up who, you know, had a different path in life. Um, So to me, that, that COVID era was so important because it exposed so much rot and horrible um, just objectives of this leftist political class in New York City, in Maryland, and in lots of places where they chose to stand opposed to children and for me, that was that was it. That was the, that was the impetus for this book, to fight for the kids who didn't have people to fight for them, and to say that like we won't stand for this anymore. This is this is something that um, didn't begin with COVID, but it was just exposed by COVID, and we can't unsee it now. Uh, absolutely, and also to open up people's eyes. You know, you don't have to have children to appreciate what Carol and Bethany yeah. are talking about in this book. We're talking about the future of this country, and you know what? You know, if you're an adult and you're falling for the communist line of of nonsense, and you want to be a useful idiot, you know that that's your prerogative. We try to wake you up all day, every day, in various outlets, but to mm-hmm. target children who don't have fully formed emotional and intellectual um, states to target children. It really is a form of child abuse, but this is what communists do because they need, they need a never ending supply of a standing army. And so they go after generation after generation to indoctrinate them in this kind of woke culture. But woke is just a euphemism for Marxism, cultural and economic Marxism, correct? Yes, I, I say when I when I define woke, it's a combination of the leftism that, you know, has been around for a long time. It's not that leftism is new. The new part of it is the forced conformity, which does have Marxist roots. This is where it comes from. It's like you're not you cannot allow people to speak and to say what they want to say. And you have to really police the language. You have to have na- a narrow way of speaking and a narrow way of thinking. Because if you don't, and people get to think for themselves, they're going to think themselves right out of the Marxism that you're pushing on them. No free person is going to sign up for Marxism when they have other options. So what the left does and what the woke do is that they don't give the, they they, they don't allow any other options. So when you say, 
I'm not racist, that's immediately not allowed anymore. That's you have to say I'm anti-racist. There's a word that they use, and that's the acceptable word, and that's how you prove that you're in the in-group, and that's how you make sure that you don't get targeted. And you have to constantly be adjusting those words. You know, um, we mentioned this in the book, but I this is a, a thing that I talk about a lot. Michael Malice has this amazing piece from a couple of years ago in the Observer newspaper in New York, and he talks about how you know colored person's not allowed, but person of color is, and how the language has to keep changing in order for them to know who's in the in-group. And my prediction, you know, is that person of color is going to be out very, very soon because they need to keep changing. They need to keep changing the language in order to know who's with them and who's against them. And all of that has roots in Marxism. That is the the main feature of, of the woke you know, virus that's spreading in culture right now is that you're not allowed to say what you want to say. And they target the left more than anybody else. Liberals are their number one targets because they're so easy to control. You control the language, you control the narrative, you control the narrative, you control behavior, you control Mm -hmm. behavior, you control the people. And that's what all of this, I mean, it's a very clear line that communists throughout history have used. Okay, Carol, I'm going to ask you to please sit tight. We've got so much more I want to cover with you on this. This is a critically important question, guys. I'm glad you're here. First, though, I want to take a moment to welcome a brand new sponsor, Cardi & Company. If you want control of your financial destination and decisions, but also want an experienced and knowledgeable person's guidance based on your risk tolerance and financial objectives, visit CardiCo.com. Cardi and Company is a family-operated and nationally recognized fixed-income investment firm with more than 50 years of experience. They're licensed in all 50 states with expertise serving both individual and institutional investors. Cardi and Company has expertise in tax-exempt bonds. Interest income on municipal bonds is generally exempt from federal taxes and often also exempt from state and local taxes. There's no ongoing annual fee for their clients, just a one-time commission fee. Can't beat that. Cardi and Company also actively helps local governments borrow funds to improve their communities through municipal bonds, giving their investor clients primary access to these investments, generally for initial investments of $5,000 and up. Find the investment that's right for you by visiting CardiCo.com. That's C-A-R-T-Y-C-O dot com, CardiCo.com. Cardi and Company, Inc. does not provide tax, accounting, or legal advice to their clients, and all investors are advised to consult with their tax, accounting, or legal advisors regarding any potential investment. Municipal securities may be subject to the Federal Alternative Minimum Tax, or AMT. Please contact your tax advisor regarding suitability of tax-exempt investments for your portfolio. Member FINRA. SIPC. Carol, can you talk to us a little bit about, you know, we covered some on the educational point of view, but you and Bethany also talk about how the indoctrination happens on a whole bunch of different fronts with kids mm-hmm. from, from the schools to pediatricians offices, right. to publishing houses, to companies like Scholastic. I mean, i grew up with Scholastic and the highlights book and all of that and Disney, which is supposed to be a kid's company, but all yeah. of this woke has seeped into all of it everywhere yeah 
they they really did march through our institutions and corporations and organizations and we didn't do anything to stop them until you know it's almost too late and the schools are um very important obviously and it's one of the first chapters in the book because schools are obviously where they're capturing ideologically kids and it's very important, but schools can be battled, right? Bethany pulled her kids, she didn't pull because she never had them in there, but she she homeschools her children. Um, people pull their children and send them to parochial schools with classical education. You can find a private or a charter school that's not woke, um, even though, you know, that's not that's not like an easy solution. People often say like school choice is, is the only way to go about this. Well, school choice is amazing. And I, I love school choice and I fight for school choice. But plenty of private schools and plenty of charter schools are also woke and people need to recognize that it's not just public schools. Um, and so, you know, there, there's ways that you can fight with schools. You can find out what your kids are learning and, and talk to the teacher about things that you don't want your kids being exposed to. You can talk to the principal. You can run for school board. There's all these things you can do. But what was really terrifying for us in writing this book is the medical chapter where even though Bethany pulls her kids from a lot of parts of culture, she can't not take them to the pediatrician's office. And the pediatrician must be woke in order to have their job. In order to apply for medical school, they ask you on the application what you're going to do to push diversity and inclusion um, you know, theories in your work. They immediately set up the, the paradigm where if you want to become a doctor, you must think like this. And to think like this, it's, it's again, that very narrow, woke way of thinking. Um, Bethany tells a story where they, uh, every year, um, the medical groups have, you know, these, these conferences. And one of the conferences was about um, NICU units, uh, prematurely born babies. And they had the four experts in premature births, um, honest, you know, planning to give a panel on a stage. And it got shut down because those four experts were white men. Um, and even though they were the top, top of their field, and even though this is extremely important information that changes from year to year, they had to diversify the panel with people who are just not as knowledgeable as them. What kind of, what's going to happen um, going forward? How many people are going to die because the lack of expertise in these fields uh, needs to be diversified. And, you know, I, I'm a woman, I'm Jewish, I'm an immigrant. Um, I love diversity, but I want to be the best at my in my field in order to sit on that stage. I don't want to be taking up a space just because I happen to look right or have the right religion or the right background. Um, and what we're doing is terrifying and it should scare people to the bone because Having doctors who are not allowed to speak up, as we've had, let's say, in the last three years during COVID, where they weren't allowed to say what they actually believe, is going to lead to death. And we have to see it that way. A hundred percent. I mean, we're literally talking about life and death here um, yeah. in so many ways, not just the indoctrination, but the physical well-being of our kids. Yeah. Um, talk a little bit, if you would, about, because you, you mentioned the field of medicine, but also kids with their mental health. And yeah. this also gets into CRT, critical race theory, also the right. trans agenda being shoved down our kids so that they're it's literally, yeah. right? I mean, they're literally creating little racists and gender confused kids. They are. And it's, 
just it's the, the mental health part of it, it it features in a lot of different parts of our book for example we have a chapter on child soldiers and the way that um they turned kids into little activists um for the for climate change against guns um they in brooklyn there was a they they had a, a protest for little kids against hate generally you know um and this is the, the you if you tell kids that the world is going to end and you make them protest and you make them make signs and you tell them that you know we only have so many years left unless your parents do the right thing and turn things around those kids can't do anything about it you know my son when he was like 7 he's 10 now but he devised a plan like involving helicopters and caves and once the earth is over flooded we can fly in these helicopters and my point about this was you wanted my seven-year-old on it he's on it this is what he believes now he believes he can save us all through helicopters and living in caves and kids can't do anything about this so all you're doing is giving these kids anxiety issues and when they go to the psychiatrist psychologist to deal with it the those mental health professionals have again a very narrow way that they're allowed to handle any of this if the kid says that they feel like they might be the opposite gender which is becoming a really popular thing to tell uh psychiatrists it, they they get told that they might need to be transitioned and they get immediately affirmed and there's no other path so like your kid can be messed up in a number of different ways but if they mentioned gender they immediately get affirmed that they are what they believe they are and that's crazy they it can't be a one solution for all kids thing yet this is the only way that you're allowed to talk about it and maintain your health license and you could literally lose your medical license if you dare step outside these lines it's really unbelievable because to whom are you supposed to turn if you can't turn to those right. kinds of professionals? I suppose you could turn to clergy, you know, rabbis, priests, mm -hmm. etc. But even those institutions, organized religion has been shot through with this kind of corruption and this kind of wokeness. I know that's true in the Christian churches. I'm not sure what the Jewish community is oh, like. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. In the Jewish community, um, the most of the reform movement, much of the conservative Jewish movement um, is completely taken up in this kind of thing. And there's no, um, there's just no other path allowed. And it's terrifying. It's it's happening everywhere. Yeah, no, it really is. And it, it's, um, it's a, it's not just indoctrination, but it's also, um, it's a psychological operation, right? It's like a military psyop that's being waged just as COVID basically was. It's a psyop, psychological operation on people as well. But, you know, they want that the left, the system, the communists, they want people broken because broken people are more easily controllable. And yeah. that's what they, they want you demoralized and crippled. That's and we say this through the book because that's exactly why they're doing this to children. It's not an accident. They want kids to be messed up so that they're easier to control. There, we we trace this. It's it's not like we're not guessing. This is this has happened in history before. This is what they do in order to maintain the control that they want to have over your children, and they want these children to get the message of indoctrination, bring it home to their parents make them indoctrinated, which is not crazy either. This this is also something that happens. If your kids get taught something in school and they bring it home to the parents, a lot of the times the parents are also susceptible to picking it up. And it's it's just, 
it's a, a cycle that they continue to fester. And they, this is the goal. The goal is to mess up your children and control them. In order so that they will be, you know, part of their future shock troops. Can you talk a little bit, um, Carol, about the role of entertainment and culture and, of course, social media? We talked a little bit about TikTok and the effect on kids. I did a segment about two weeks ago with a former colleague of mine from the Treasury Department in the Trump years when we were really starting to examine the impact of TikTok and what how the CCP was using it as a surveillance tool um, and the national security implications of TikTok. But there are deep cultural and psychological implications for TikTok and its use here with our kids. Can you please speak to that? Yeah, the whole social media landscape is just not for children. And parents are, one of the other themes throughout the book is that none of this is going to be easy. There's no check a box and your kid's going to be okay solution. It's going to be hard. It's going to be hard to fight for the schools. It's going to be hard to challenge your pediatrician. It's going to be hard to tell your kids they can't be on TikTok. And it's something you have to do anyway. Um, so th- it begins with the parents. You you have to kind of draw your own lines in your house. And Bethany, Bethany and I present different ways that we do this. Again, Bethany pulls her kids from culture. She does not let them watch modern movies and modern shows or YouTube or whatever. I do. I monitor it. I am careful with what they watch. But I also, if they do come across something that I don't like, um, we lay down the foundation for them and we talk to them about what makes, um, you know, what what make, what make what, what our values are in our house. You know, yesterday, actually two, two things that happened yesterday with my kids, but um, one, my son, who's very into history, we overheard him watching watching a video where... Um, somebody was talking about how unfair it is that every state has two senators. And, you know, obviously we see that that's leftist indoctrination and we know that that's coming from a very leftist perspective, the unfair to have two senators, no matter how, what the size of the state is. But it gave us a great opportunity to talk about the difference between the House of Representatives and the U.S. Senate and why every state has two senators, no matter what the population is and and go into all of that. So even though he heard a perspective that we disagree with, it gave us the opportunity to talk to him about things that we do agree with. The other thing, my daughter enjoys this um, this comedy troupe and she shows me videos. Oh, she like will play me videos, but I, I never really watched what, what it was. It was very wholesome. And I was like, always like, oh, this is cute. And I don't, I don't know, I don't guess I, I don't really get it, but okay. Um, yesterday I discovered it's out of Brigham, her, the videos that she watches are out of Brigham Young University. She's watching these like wholesome Mormon videos. And <laughs> I, I was like, this is great. My, my 13 year old daughter is not on TikTok. She's watching Mormon videos. I Fantastic. love it. I love um, it. So well, you raised you your can, right. <laughs> and she finds it hilarious. And, you know, she just, I forgot what it's called. I'd give them a shout out, but it's like something like C-suite or something, but I don't remember exactly. Um, but you know, it's, it's fantastic. And, and you can, that's the path that our family takes. We let our kids exist in the culture. We let them watch things. We challenge what they watch. We oversee what they watch, but we give them parameters and we allow them to explore. Um, and then we break down at home what our values are. That's the hard part for a lot of parents. It's talking about what you believe, like, could every parent explain why it's good to have two senators for every state, no matter the size of the state? 
I don't know, maybe not. Um, and maybe that's, that's going to be a challenge for some people, but it also gives you the opportunity to educate yourself on what you believe and what values you have and pass those along to your children. Well, that's exactly right. I mean, it's, it, it, you are, first of all, the, the educational system has your kids for what, eight hours a day, nine hours a day, something like that. So it's up to all parents and the people who love these children to make sure that you are um, counterbalancing what they're being fed, both in the culture and at school. And I think a lot of parents get intimidated by this because while you might be a good parent at home, educating and guiding your kids and instilling in them faith and values, they're still being bombarded by these contrary messages. So yeah. what you're saying is, you know, you've got to, you've got to be more aggressive in this fight yeah. um, against what's this overwhelming tsunami of destructive messages and influences, right? Right. Well, so the left will never say, um, you know, give the kids all the perspectives and let them decide. But for some reason, the moderates and the right are always like, well, let's let's tell the kids everything and let them pick a side themselves. No, you tell them what you believe and you hope that that carries them through life. Um, look, if my kids grow up and they're liberals, I, I'll be surprised, but um, I won't be disappointed as long as they're able to articulate their opinions, as long as they're able to hear other opinions. I just don't want my kids to grow up to be these leftist, you know, just non-resilient people who can't handle hearing. If my kids need a safe space to hear alternate opinions, I will feel like I have failed, Monica. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I know. I mean, you and Bethany are doing an incredible job in your own families, in your own homes, but also by writing this book to try to give other parents some real tools here. Can you make any recommendations to parents who might be listening today or grandparents about how to deal with this? Because it does seem so overwhelming. It's social media, it's movies, television, mm -hmm. music, it's the peer groups. I saw a story the other day, Carol, about th there was like a nine-year-old girl who was feeling pressured to sext okay nine oh, years nine, old yeah. right and she's in school and all of her friends are doing it and you know I mean look when I was in middle school you know my mom had me dress really modestly of course etc and I tried to sneak in you know like I'd go into the girls bathroom and unbutton <laughs> one button you know like oh really yeah. really dangerous stuff here um compared to you know what we're going through now but the pressures on these kids are enormous and I think a a lot of parents feel overwhelmed about how even to begin to counter it. What do you tell yeah. them? Well, throughout Stolen Youth, we have prescriptions that we give for every section. Um, and, and other than the COVID one, because that's sort of looking backwards, other than don't let them ever do this to your kids ever again. Um, but we we provide a variety of ways for people to fight back against the system. And again, the main thing is people have to abandon the idea that there's going to be some a magical cure-all that's going to fix all of this. The pendulum will back. We will return to normal society. I really believe that. I believe that they have pushed it too far. You know, when you watch the drag queens twerking on toddlers, you just, you know that they've pushed it too far and it's going to swing back the other way. Um, but in the meantime, it's going to take a fight and it's going to require you to do work. And it, it, all of that is maybe hard for people to hear, but it's the only path forward. And it's your children that you're saving. You're, you're going to save your own kids by putting in this effort and fighting for our society. It, it's, there's just not that many um, 
other paths possible. You, you're, we're going to have to fight. And, you know, when we were selling this book, we told the story in the New York Post a few weeks ago, but um, so many conservative publishers wanted this book and they would say to us, we really need you to tone down the fighting. Well, we can't, we can't tone down the fighting. The fighting is the main part here. And you're going to have to put up this fight for our kids, for our civilization, for our society, for our country. Tone down the fighting when the other side is fighting 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I mean, you know, I have said this in the political context, but it's all related. It's all of a piece, Carol, which is we have been engaged in a war for the future of America, but only one side has been fighting it. Yeah. Until now. That's a perfect way to phrase it. And now, you know, you might not be interested in culture, but culture is interested in you and you're going to have to mount this fight back. We have to. Before I let you go, Carol, I I have to ask you this because this question has been boggling my mind. I understand the whole communist influence. I I get the whole thing. Um, What I don't understand is parents bringing small children, actually children of any age, to a drag queen show. I, yeah. uh, when I see these videos and I see mm-hmm. three-year-olds, four-year-olds, six-year-olds, and the parents are there and they're all laughing and having a great time yep. and giving dollar bills to their children to put mm-hmm. into a thong of a transgender drag queen, I can't wrap my, my mind around it. Can yep. you please explain that to us? I have the perfect explanation for you. And you're right. The roots are in communism because it is... It's a way of preserving in-group and out-group. Look, when you look at communists and you look at communist societies, the the people in charge made a big deal about not following the rules. They enjoyed showing off that they don't follow the rules. So when you have these parents taking their little kids to drag shows, really inappropriate drag shows. I mean, we we started with Drag Queen Story Hour. I haven't seen a book in like months, right? Like, are they reading stories anymore? Are they just twerking at this point? (laughs) Yeah. Um, But the thing is that what they're doing is providing a spectacle. And the spectacle says, this is what we do now. We do this. The people who don't do this are not with us. And that in-group is very, very powerful. People want to be part of an in-group. And if the in-group says, we bring our kids to drag queen twerking hour now, that's what they'll do. And again, so in the book, we trace this history of these these totalitarian societies. And we talk about how the spectacle is such a big part of it. When when all the BLM signs went up in 2020, when all the defund police signs went up in 2020, that's a way of saying, not only do you support this, this, but you have to show that you support this. And that's what the bringing kids to drag queen story hour is all about. It's not just saying you support it. It's making a big spectacle of it. It's just, I can't understand parents who would bring little children or again, kids of any age to something like this. You're right about the spectacle that it makes total sense. You know, when you read 1984 um, by Orwell and you look at the masses who have just been beaten down, beaten down, mm-hmm. have the spirit just ripped from their soul, beaten down, coerced with force or short of force, this kind of mass hypnosis, peer pressure, whatever you want to call it, to fall in line and do what your neighbors are doing, or the state, you know, the full weight of the state is going to come down on you. We are in a tyranny. I keep saying this, it might be a soft tyranny, but it's still a tyranny. This is no longer a representative republic. Yes, that's, I mean, what we want people to take away is that this is, 
just the beginning also like this can go I you know when I say the hopeful the pendulum will swing we might have not swung all the way the other way yet it's it's we could still there's still worse we can go there's still further we can fall so people have to understand that like they have to do something now this is this is the end of sitting around waiting for somebody else to act it's time for all of us to act yes a hundred percent and I do like your sense of optimism that you and Bethany have in this book and that you shared with us today that we can in fact, turn this around. Yeah. I mean, that, that we have to, there's nowhere else we can go. We run out of countries. It's, we, we're the last greatest, best hope. That's it. And we lose America. There's no place else to go. Carol, this book yeah. is extraordinary. And I want to thank you so much for writing it and also sharing it with all of us and being here today to, to share this information with people. Uh, you don't have to be a parent to appreciate what's going on in this country with regard to our kids. Thank you so much, Monica. Always a pleasure. Carol Markowitz, along with Bethany Mandel, the new book is called Stolen Youth, How Radicals Are Erasing Innocence and Indoctrinating a Generation. It's available now wherever you, you go and get your books, Amazon, wherever. So please pick it up. And again, you don't have to be a parent to understand and want to understand what is actually happening in this country. It's very dangerous and the moment is very dark. But to Carol's point, we need to equip ourselves with the tools to fight back. So please go get the book, Stolen Youth. All right, another phenomenal show in the bag. Thank you guys so much for joining me here today, as always, and for checking out our terrific sponsors. We all really appreciate that. Well, have a great start to your week, and I'll see you right back here on Wednesday with a blockbuster show. We're going to keep a very close eye on this possible Trump indictment and so many other things coming our way. All right, so be well, and I'll see you then. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.